This is Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know that I've already lied to you. It is actually Inside LAFC, the Jordan and Vince podcast. Welcome back, dude. I'm happy to have you back. It's been a couple weeks. Thanks for having me. It's been a couple weeks, but I uh, am happy to be here. Always willing and able whenever you or Max takes a little hiatus. You guys just go on vacation all the time. So I am the lucky one to fill in. You guys is not accurate. Max uh Bredos. Oh, the one that goes on, on vacation. I know I filled I in for one. you, time. Well, because unfortunately it got to me. You know, after almost two years of not getting it, the COVID found me. That's why I was out. <laughs> it uh, found you. It found me. It you found didn't me. Find I find it. Dude, yeah. I was doing pretty good, and then next thing I know, I got it. But you're back. I'm back. It's sunny, summertime, just in time. You know what today is? Fully healthy. What is it? Besides podcast day and coaches show day, today is the first day of summer. It's the longest I didn't day of know the year. that. I feel like it's been uh, a while. Uh, so many years in Vancouver, mm -hmm. summer was like two weeks. Yeah. So like coming here, I just feel like it's year round. Yeah, today is like the sun will set at like 8.08 p.m. It's pretty awesome. So good times. You know, remember when you were a kid and you are like, oh, man, don't have to come in until it gets dark? This is one of those days where it's an awesome day to be out playing. And now as a parent, you just you want your kids to go to sleep at like 7.30. It's never going to happen. Never gonna but happen. let's talk about the game. Sorry. Oh, you <laughs> Way off. Look at this guy. Way off here. You're, you've, you've talking got, about kids that you start losing viewers. Oh, you start losing you? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about the game. Myself. You joined us during our, our watch party, our watch along, which was at Rock and Riley's on the USC campus. It was a lot of fun. First time for 110 football to do it in conjunction with LAFC. We're on the big channel, so that's why we had to bring you out the big right. guns. You, you joined us remotely which i appreciate you were on you were with your family still took a little bit of time for us that was awesome it was really cool enjoyed it loved the setting wish i could have been there at the bar with you guys i'm sure you had a great time in that mm -hmm. second half um a lot of cool guests i think it's a great way of doing things love to do it again in the future um and it was fun to watch a game uh you know lfc came away with the draw entertaining game two really good teams that i think they'll be there uh come playoff time for sure we're definitely going to do it again we want guests like Jordan uh, when they can to be in person. We'll try to get some other people in and around there from around the club, maybe in some celebrities. I think multiple guests. Yeah, the, it doesn't have to be one. Yeah, the Peyton and Eli vibe. Like, let's go for it. Let's have a lot of fun. It's like you're watching with your friends, but plus you get Jordan Harvey to help you through the On game. The couch, yeah, yeah, talking about little nuances. And um, for me, it's awesome because I've done a little bit of commentating now. I've done the broadcast, and this was like way more relaxed. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. And that's, what, that's when I thrive. You, you were great. <laughs> You're great. Uh, honestly, it was good to talk to you. With You had 10 minutes, and I was like, he just enlightens us on the game, and I hope we asked good questions for you and, and made your football oh, you brain work awesome. a little bit. Yeah, this was great. Um, and the game was, like I said, it was a really good game. Two very good teams, good lineups. You know, I know both teams, Rui Diaz, Carlos didn't start. Um, but, yeah, both teams are going to be there. I really like Seattle. They've always come around. When they were doing their Champions League run, mm -hmm. um, I was rooting for them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a team that really does it the right way and have a lot of quality players. I love the MLS experience, as I alluded to. Um, that's something that I think is invaluable in this league mm -hmm. is having that. And they have it in spades. And as you saw in the offseason, that's what LAFC focused on. And, and now uh, we do as well. It was a great game. I was glad that the weather was good in Seattle for a game like this for two teams. I mean, the weather was probably perfect for two teams that really want to go at each other. Uh, for the neutral, it was even a great – like, it was just a great MLS game. And we sometimes we get too few of those in a season. So that, that was really good. What I want to ask you, though, is I know, and I know Seattle played midweek, but a little surprising because sometimes coming out of international break, that start was red hot. Like, both teams were really going at it. Were you a little surprised that the, both teams, like, really went for it right from the opening kickoff? Yeah, I mean, the majority of those guys had just been training, right, uh, for a long time. I know LAFC had a little uh, scrimmage against an outside team, but, like, when you come in after that amount of time 
and obviously the environment. You know, I love the 3252 and the intimate setting that we have at Bank of California Stadium. They have the numbers. Mm -hmm. And so it's different, but that obviously brings the excitement up, the, the enthusiasm. And so I think you saw that in the game that uh, it's, it's two teams that haven't played in a while. They're coming into this game uh, knowing that the opponents are both very good teams that they will see in the playoffs uh, with those uh, 50,000 people mm -hmm. in attendance um, makes for an exciting game. Another thing that I really stuck out to me was, in, again, coming out of international breaks, this doesn't always happen this way, but the sharpness of the ideas. A lot of good ideas out there. Like, sometimes, because you don't have these guys here, you're working on patterns of play, or you're working on building out, but you don't have your starters, because maybe they're away, and then they get in for like a day, and you kind of do it. But I, I don't know, I really liked, and this is just me speaking personally, you can give me your take. I really like the sharpness of passing, and I like the way that LAFC was building, and that's something I've been not worried about, but just kind of waiting to see maybe tick up a, a notch. Yeah, and and they had a lot of time to prepare, right? Mm -hmm. And and I talked about it on, on the telecast, but it was um, a lot of the things that were trained and um, in, in playing against Seattle in particular and things that LAFC could work on, whether it is the passness, uh, the passing, the sharpness of passes, mm -hmm. um, making the runs that LAFC is known to make off the edge, getting into the box. Um, you're able to really hone in and go back to the basics, which uh, you know the staff did, and then also carry that through into going against a team like Seattle in particular, who um, we've had our ups and downs against, obviously, um, and they're a difficult play, uh, team to play against in Seattle. They are, they are tough. They obviously so LFC comes out flying. I thought that they were really sharp. Uh, you know, you and I and everyone actually has been talking throughout the season about kind of slow starts, and we had to. You and I had that long talk about, mm -hmm. well, let's define what a slow start is. For yeah. some people, it's scoring goals. Some people, it's creating chances. Uh, there's no way you could say, even though LFC didn't score goals, they had a slow start to this game. Yeah, and that's uh, a group, uh, you know, and we, we talked about it, like, is it is it better to start without Carlos Vela? Never. It's never better to start right. with the Carlos Vela. When he's on the field, uh, there's chances created and everything. Um, but there is something to be said about the energy that like a Mahala brings. Mm -hmm. Masofsky brings a lot of that energy and Chicho Arango was running uh, really well off the edge and, and putting pressure. So um, the players that you have to give them credit that started that game really uh, came in with the right mentality and a tough place to play. Started bright, obviously gave up the goal, uh, which was a difficult one with, with uh, the mistake um, that you kind of saw against Cincinnati as mm -hmm. well. Um, so I'm sure that'll be a focus this week, but uh, then coming off it, and I know we'll talk about the game a lot, but a lot of interesting characters that helped uh, come into the fold and do really well. What Looking your... forward to diving into that. Yeah, let's talk, I mean, right. let's talk about the pass. Let's talk about that first goal. My take is it, not the wrong pass, just the wrong execution. The, the pace of the pass wasn't quite right, and, uh, and maybe because you're on turf, maybe you just nix that all together. I know Cincinnati was on a natural grass field, so that's a different concept. But I think if he plays that ball to Ilya's other side instead of closer to where Rusnak is, you're probably out. Yeah, I think it, it, it's it's both. I, I don't necessarily think Ilya was really showing for that pass uh, in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a straight pass. Uh, you know, that's always one. As a defender, you know you can jump because as the ball's coming straight to a guy who maybe has his back to you, you can jump the pass, right. as Rosnack did. Um, so I think it's just a lot of his decision-making, and, and Max is amazing with his feet. We've talked about this a lot, mm -hmm. and I've talked about it on the broadcast, how awesome he is with left, 
right foot. Um, now it just comes down to decision making in moments um, where you know a team's stepping up, um, you're on turf, maybe next time. And I think, you know, he's a quality player that, mm -hmm. that will learn from mistakes. Um, he's a leader in that locker room that understands uh, taking on that responsibility. Um, and so I think you'll see an adjustment from him for sure. You talked about, let's talk about Carlos, uh, the tales of the kind of two halves. First half, again, to my non-professional eye, I'm watching you guys and tactically without Carlos out there, you, like you, you do have Danny, who's not a natural winger, but has started to learn the position and has some, has some characteristics that can do well in that. And then you have Mahala, and I, I felt like they were uh, your, your, your transition valves. Your, they were getting high and wide, and LAFC was actually finding them in spots where like, they could get the ball up to them, and then they could move up. Now, when Carlos comes in, he's going to play a little bit different than the way Mahala and Danny do, do. Do you see a change, at least a wrinkle in that way that changes? Yeah, that's what I alluded to at the beginning, is Mahala will bring you that depth, that speed in behind. Uh, Masovsky is the powerful runner. Um, that I think got lost a little bit in this game because at the beginning of games, everybody's more compact. Usually he'll come on at the end when there's more space and he can actually run and drive into these big gaps. Right. That's where he has success. Um, but then, you know, when you talk about Carlos, him on the right, him up top, it's different. But he'll come inside and open the game up in a way that if a Masovsky is on the left, he's coming down, you can find him into these spaces or, or combine, right? Carlos can combine. Um, it depends on who you play. The combinations all make things a little bit different. The chemistry of it, you're coming back with a Brian Rodriguez who also brings you that uh, speed in behind. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Shroud, he's coming back from health who also opens up the game like, like Carlos does. So it's a, it's a mad scientist in trying to find the combination that works best. Um, given injuries, everything, you know, Carlos coming back from it, it was probably important not to give him the full dose of 90 minutes or, or trying to start him off at the beginning. Um, but a lot of people contributed, and that's what I want to talk about, is like a Danny Trejo, who's been within LAFC's organization for a little bit now mm -hmm. um, with Las Vegas Lights, and he's been doing really well with the lights. And so it was really nice to see him come in for some training during that time off and then to be able to contribute and then contribute with Vegas he had quite the, the next day. It's yeah. like that needs to be touched on, I think, is, is Danny Trejo and his weekend. And then um, I know we'll talk about it, but Eddie Segura getting some minutes with the Vegas yeah. team as well, which I was uh, just as excited to watch Seattle as I was Eddie Segura come on and, and get his first real minutes after injury. So Danny Trejo, obviously incredible weekend. Uh, it was good to see him get out there playing against Seattle where we've been talking about this whole podcast so far. They're a good team, and they're yeah. probably one of the better teams in the league, probably with LAFC one of the top two. Didn't look afraid, um, was available um. for passes, willing to take players on. But one of the biggest things is kind of what that means for the younger players as a whole, right? Danny was drafted, not a number one draft pick, and then sent to Vegas to learn his craft and has worked his way up. That's now a new... Like, that's kind of a new pathway for LAFC. That's not one that's really been walked that much in terms of being drafted, uh, you know, a, not a number one, and then working your way up. So is that is that good to open that pathway? Is that different? I'm trying to think about it. I think you're right. Um, in terms yeah, of first Tristan college and Joao players. Are, are, are drafted one in three, and also it's the, in the first season. So in a lot of ways, they're kind of thrusted and, there anyway. And they were generation Adidas, right? So yeah. they were coming up a little bit early. Danny, I think, was a 12th pick. 
or maybe even higher. <laughs> we got to do our, our I know we should. Data I should have done my research. This out. But it, but definitely. But he to was your point, to to come up through college, um, this this was used to be the path that you took, right? This was my path coming up through college. Then I was I went on loan to Seattle, actually, when they were in USL. Smetcher was the coach. We talked about this, um, and then you have to develop. And I wasn't really ready until you know a couple of years in. You know, Trejo's getting his opportunity. Um, he doesn't lack confidence. He doesn't lack uh, eagerness to get on the score sheet, take his opportunities. Um, so it's not a surprise, actually, that he comes in, contributes, brings that confidence into Las Vegas. And then in a, in a move that actually is very opportunistic, tries to, I don't know if you watched the game, tries to dribble kind of like two or three guys because he's so positive and going Vegas forward. Game. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Vegas game gets through and then slots it home with the left foot. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a good. It's a good story. It's good for him. Um, it's good to show other Las Vegas guys that if you do the things that the coaching staff is preaching, that you will get opportunities. Um, and then if you take those, you'll have success. So, um, yeah, I'm happy for him. Again, I'm happy for uh, you know Segura getting his first minutes. And then there's a lot of guys that are playing within the academy, and this is something I'm excited about. And the role that I'm kind of taking on is kind of going down into the academy and following uh, a, a range of stories, if you will, um, from you know having the connection with Eddie, having played with him, to Trejo, I was working with USL, and then like a guy like Jaime um, coming from the academy. Um, there's a lot of good stories here with LAFC down into the academy that I'm really excited to talk about. Yeah, well, let's let's and stay on, let's stay on Vegas then. So I, I did watch the game. I did because I yeah. wanted to see Eddie Segura. He's one of my favorite players, just on and off the field. Me too. Just just a great guy. So I wanted to see him, um, and he actually had a pretty tough challenge. Um, I think it was among that was the forward for San Diego. Who's physical? Fast, yeah. and He's gonna get on your heels. He's gonna nip at you. He's not gonna give you any any bit. So I was happy for him because I want you know you don't want him to just breeze through it. Mm -hmm. uh, so he had a good game. Uh, you can maybe touch on that. The one guy that's that's shown for me. That was just unplayable. Trey was incredible in that game, that left back. It was tough. I mean, yeah, he uh, he's like, you know, from a fullback's perspective, I, I talk to him quite a bit and, like, in different things that I see him trying to do or, like, dribbling out of the back, like, that I like to talk to him about and be like, that's not the area you can do that. Uh, the passing, you know, like. Um, and then he has a game like he did in San but Diego. But 1v1, he's, like, he's slipping guys. Yeah, but 1v1, like, he, he's, he's more than athletic enough, more than capable um, he had a difficult task too. They had some good players. I don't know the player pool as well as MLS, um, but they had some speedy guys. Um, San Diego's wanted, a good team. Yeah, and they are a good team. They're uh, towards the top of the table, right? Um, yeah, and it's a, it was a difficult place to play. I played there in college mm -hmm. um, at uh, San, Di San Diego Torreon. University of San yeah. Diego at uh, Torero. Torero Stadium, something like that. We should do way more fact-checking here. Um, anyways, it's a narrow stadium that's hard to play on. So if you can combine, and this is what I was going to allude to with Eddie, it's hard to make passes through that. But they were they had some good spells. They, I thought they played well. Um, you know, Alvaro, Quesada, the counter-press after Eddie switched one to get on that. Um, you know, Molino um, gave up a few, uh, gave up the penalty. Um, didn't defend really well with Guido, but then to be able to get on the ball, slip Jennings in. There's a lot of good performances that um, Enrique, uh, the manager there, has got to be proud of and developing a lot of these guys uh, like the Triores and then bringing along guys like Eddie Segura, who, um, you know, as a, as a 
guy who's played many years in the league, like for him to come back from injury and then have an opportunity to play with a USL team like that to progress and take that step is huge. Yeah, so for, I mean, did you ever experience a, a long-term injury? You were pretty durable. In your no, I didn't have any long-term stuff uh, a month, month and a half, yeah. maybe. Um, but no, I was thankful enough not to have but that. But for Eddie to feel that, I mean, this is like his preseason, right? To feel yeah. a little bit of that pressure. And like you said, he was, it was, it was tight in there, but he was finding moments where he could spray it out wide and then he would step up that level to be available again. You, you like to see that. So what is it, what's the biggest thing that Eddie will probably take away from that 45 minutes? It's got to be confidence. Um, you know, coming back from an injury like that, uh, I've, I've had different things that it's not on that scale of, you know, an ACL, but um, you need the confidence. You need to get stuck in on that first tackle to really feel like, okay, it's I'm good. I'm mm -hmm. fine. It's like uh, football, if they say just getting hit that next time, and yep. it almost helps you in a sense. Him getting stuck in, playing 45 minutes is also huge, getting minutes under his belt, a training load that then he can progress on, hopefully in these next couple of games. Um, but the confidence, I think, going out there, playing in a real game where players are tackling, trying their best. Uh, it's not training where maybe somebody sees Eddie and they maybe jump out or Eddie jumps out because it's training. Um, yeah, he did it, 45 minutes. It's under his belt. Now we can move forward. And do you feel that that moves him? I mean, I know you don't make this decision, but does that kind of move him now back into the player pool where like he really is available for first team selection? I I would imagine so. I mean, th th that's the natural progression after an injury is getting through a 45 minutes. And I say the confidence, but just getting through it mm -hmm. is a huge boost. And then you take the next steps. It's hard with defenders. And this is something that we talk about a lot, um, even in developing. Um, you can't just throw on a defender at the end of a game. Yeah, they like don't you can't attack at the end of the game. That's just not how it works. So it's easy to throw on a forward uh, to get 15. Um, but like it's hard for an, a defender to really progress to uh, after injury or, or, or just developing. Um, knowing that as a left back, like don't, I didn't get many minutes uh, or, or thrown into to games at all. It was my first start mm -hmm. that I made my debut, right? A lot of these attackers get thrown in the last 15 and they get opportunities and they can kind of slowly progress them. And that's what you're seeing with Eddie is he had to get a start. He had to play 45. Um, but yeah, it's, it's huge. And hopefully, you know, we see him in the LAFC shirt really quick. Excellent. Well, we haven't even tipped our guest yet. Uh, for those watching us, he's on the other side of the camera. Uh, we're actually going to have Sebastian Ibiaga on. So we're going to kind of wrap up our going over this Seattle game because I really want to talk to Seb. Uh, he had a great game in Seattle. He's had a great couple of games actually recently for the team, so I really want to get into it. And, and I'm glad that I have you. And more importantly, like, considered widely as the best-dressed LAC player there is. Well, you noticed that I came see, with hopefully a little see. extra swagger today. Oh, dude, you didn't give me the memo. And, I, and I've told Seb this because I interviewed him during preseason, and I, I was like, man, i gotta, I got to come correct if, if I'm going to have him. So uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to stop down here. Uh, we're going to get Seb on. This is Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast, but, of course, Inside LAFC, the Jordan and Vince podcast today. We'll be right back with Sebastian Ibiaga. We're back on Inside LAFC, the Jordan and Vince podcast. Max. Max is in Europe. I saw his Instagram and I was like, oh, he's out here. Well, Germany, right? Or somewhere? Germany. I yeah. think he's, he landed in Copenhagen. Uh, now he's out in Germany. What I know. Is he Boy, doing anything there. out there? Uh, he's with family. Uh, so it's I, vacation. Okay. Just a little vacation. Must be nice. Yeah. He must be making that kind of money. Mm. He can go on vacation in the middle of the season. Yeah. It must be good for him. Or maybe he just doesn't want to be around you. <laughs> is that what that is, maybe? Whoa. All right. I wasn't All right. It, but I was uh, yeah, let me take control of this again. <laughs> Jordan Harvey to my right. <laughs> 
Sebastian Ibiaga to my left. We're going to talk with Seb, obviously, about the Seattle game. We're going to talk about him getting in a lot more games and being important to the, to the team in the back line. We're going to talk about fashion. Yep. Uh, but I would like to start here be before we do, because it is something that should be talked about. Uh, you participated in Juneteenth with LAFC. Yes. Uh, June 19th. 1865 is Juneteenth. It's something that's begotten more awareness. Yeah. Uh, it's become a national holiday as of mm -hmm. last year. I want to ask you, when you saw that piece come out, what were the what were the emotions post uh, filming that and then actually seeing it come to fruition on Juneteenth? I loved it. I mean, I've talked to Zoe about this. He's tried to get me to do a couple of things like that. And for me, it's I love it when it's you know coming from a place of being very real and just being honest and just just wanting to get information out there. And so for me, it was, I loved it. I loved doing it. Marcus kind of was the one who kind of set it up. And yeah, I loved every part of it. And the way the video came out was amazing. And I was proud to be a part of that too, yeah. I love that they let the camera run a little bit because when you finished, and I'm sure you saw this, yeah. There was like a wait. There was like a, you were. Emo it seemed like you were emotional. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even notice it until I saw that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I just thought I was kind of just reading something. I didn't really think about it. But yeah, I mean, Juneteenth is a pretty big holiday in the black community and I believe and I, like I said in the video as well in American history and, and I just believe that the more information that people have about it the bigger it will be and the more people just understand each other and that's kind of the biggest part is just understanding each other and moving together as a whole people. I think bringing awareness and I think that's what you did and um, you know that's it's 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 bringing awareness and then being able to share that with your family. Yeah. Um, the people that you love the most and and spreading uh, you know that love and understanding of of empathy and where someone's come from and like my kids like letting them yeah. be aware or, or giving them the knowledge of what's happened in the past so that they aren't naive to the future yeah. or the present right yeah um, but bringing awareness is obviously the first step so that was great that you did that yeah no I mean I enjoyed doing it and I enjoyed doing things like that so it was it was in a way fun for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, as I mentioned, it, it became a national holiday just last year, and I would imagine that when you, the leaps and bounds from when you first joined the league to what is actually getting um, attention, and and not just like attention, like hey, we post for the day, like yeah. we're, we're working towards it. You know, you, you guys had the numbers yeah. um, from the artists that created that for you. But I want to ask you, for you in your mind, what should be the next steps? Just just personally, like what do you think should be, what should come next? I mean, I think it's tough to say because, again, it just became a national holiday last year. So there's still a lot to learn about mm -hmm. what exactly it is. Like everyone knows, not everyone, but, you know, you have the definition of what it is. But there's so many more layers. And I think people need to fully understand all those layers mm -hmm. before you start just kind of, you know, just throwing things together and stuff like that. So kind of like what Jordan said, it's still raising that awareness and still people wanting to learn about it, I think. Yeah. Starting a conversation. Yeah. You know, making it a national holiday starts that conversation every single year. And so we're having it now. It's going to carry on. And that's that's the whole point, right, is to make aware that uh, this has happened in our past and that we can now be uh, open and honest about it and then move forward uh, with that clarity. Yeah, it's complex. And like you said, I, I think it's smart. You start with the, you start with everyone knowing what it is. Yeah. And then we can start pulling pulling back the layers. So exactly. that was uh, I, that was something that stuck out to me. And I I'm, I'm appreciate you willing to talk with us about that. Yeah, 100%. Let's move on to some football. Seb, uh, recently, man, you've been thrown into some high leverage situations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, as I, I would put, I don't know if that's how you defenders speak, but as I as I watch and I see a starting 11 come out, I go, 
Seb's going to have to step up, and you have. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, let's just go to the, like the Cincinnati game. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you're you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, I'm not in the starting eleven. Uh, about 20 minutes in, I'll go do my jogs, yeah. and if they need me in the second half, and then Daniel has to come out, and it's like, yeah. next man up, yeah. you're up. I mean, what's that? What's that mindset like for you? Yeah, it's. I mean, Jordan knows it's always tough, you know, on the bench because you're literally just sitting, you know, watching, and then obviously got to go in 100 miles per hour, but. Something that, I mean, we train out here and something that I've done my whole career is just always being ready and just, you know, and just having that mindset that at any point you might get called on and it is your job to perform no matter what. And that's just kind of how I go into every game, starting or not, and just try, again, to give my 100% and do my best, yeah. I love watching Seb at training. And you don't want to why, because there's, like, there's a level of intensity to you. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, when I see you, like, with Mahala or the guys, like, you're funny and, yeah. like, you're joking with them, but then when they say something, you're like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like today, you were, you guys were joking about foot races, yeah. and Mahalo was trying to be like, yeah, but maybe I. And you were like, no, no. I won every single one. I need it on record. Where's Gavin? I won, so I, I, I enjoy watching. There's a professionalism to you, but also a fun level to you. Yeah. No, I was gonna say so. Th like that is similar to what I felt like I was, and now on this side of things, as far as the offsides goes, and I know Seb is gonna laugh at me for this. Uh oh. But now I'm like trying to help out and like ref some of these things. So they're like, hey, you got that offside line. It's a lot harder. And go. so now I'm on Here this side go. of things. And I used to be like, yo, it's offsides. Talking to like, like Kenny or Ante or whoever's on the sideline. And now I've got Seba doing it to me. I'm like, yo, bro, back off. <laughs> Like, give me a break, Wait, so, dude. But like, you're I, yes, it was kind of, but like, <laughs> I, like now I'm on this side and I see the perspective. Like, let the game flow a little bit, you know? Yeah, and but all, like, Ante, I can, I can understand, uh, but you're a defender. Give your That's what I'm saying. Like, hey, hey, have my back. Listen, I do. Come on, I do. I call off sides, but now it's like I, it's like a vendetta towards people. Like, <laughs> like you always call off sides against me. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, uh, do you guys like keep tally Seb, of the Jordan Harvey offsides? But Seb is like, you know, I'm he's all, a competitor, yeah. and 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 you can appreciate that. Um, but yeah, he's tell him to let it up on some of the guys helping <laughs> he's right out. Right here, you could yeah. tell him right now. No, he knows. I, I just I need do some. Know. You know, Mark is masses. my Mark is my biggest target always. Dos Santos. Yes, but he does it on purpose. Yes, he's he so, like he brings the, he brings the controversy. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah, he loves the animosity. He loves all yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. He's from but that Jose Mourinho school of managing, <laughs> where he's like, I'm gonna get some. He's gonna watch sit you down at the end of the year and go, Remember when I did this? Remember how good you played? And you're gonna be like, Oh, don't even. You're like, get don't even try act like that was why you did that. But no, Mark is funny. Mark's the, the funniest ref we have out here for sure. Well, what's it like to have this guy fresh off his his playing career out there? As he's kind of he, he's learning a little bit on the fly. You got you're taking in a lot of information, and you're oh. also having to also yeah, referee these guys. I like gotta be here now talking to him about it afterwards. Yeah. You know, on the Max and Vince yeah, you, podcast. Yeah, do you try like, do you try to take advantage of Jordan because he I've hasn't a been a grizzled coach as much? No, because he's been a player, so he knows all the tricks. Got like, it. you know, it would be easier if he wasn't a player and just was a coach. Mm -hmm. But him being a player, he's like, yeah, you, you're not going to get this one on me. Like, I know exactly what you're doing and stuff like that. But no, it's been good. I mean, it's always cool to see someone transition, but also a lot of guys who transition aren't as close as he is. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really cool to kind of see him kind of evolve too into that coach. But at the same time, still be able to, you know, talk to us player to player and kind of just give us advice in those like mm -hmm. certain scenarios. Yeah. So let's talk about Seattle. Yeah. That's a good game. Great game. Like a really fun game. What for you, this is a weird question. Uh, but I've always I, I don't get to ask you guys this much. Is it fun? A fun game? Yeah, that was a fun game. Why? Just I mean, they're a good team. You know, the record doesn't show it because obviously they were concentrating on the Champions League. But they're Champions League champions for a reason. 
Yeah, the continental champions. Yeah, but no, they're always a good team. Very, some people say chaotic, but within that chaos, they know exactly what to do. And that's kind of their recipe. And so for us, it's trying to minimize that, but also, you know, impose ourselves. And I think we actually did a pretty good job of that. I'm fortunate with their goal, but I think coming out of there with a point was good. I wish we'd had three because I think we deserved it. But again, it, it was a very entertaining game and I had fun playing in that game, yeah. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but it was uh, a good start and having had the time off, yeah. um, you know, it was a good pace. Uh, you know, I felt like both teams w were doing well. I thought we had a good start. What yeah. do you credit that to? I, I mean, the training the week before up to that game was, I think, some of the best training sessions I think I've been a part of. They, they were, I mean, everyone was full to full energy, ready to go. And, but within that, all that energy and, you know, competitiveness, there was still a calmness and still imposing our style of play, even just in training. I think I was with a team two days in a row where we just wiped the other team in training. So it was yeah. kind of those types of training sessions where guys are really trying to dominate and impose themselves and do well just in training and it translated to the field. So where I, cause I told Jordan, I even told Steve, I said, you know, coming out of international break, I always expect teams to be a little bit cagey. Mm -hmm. um, but you're saying that from the training you had, you probably were like, no, that was, I knew that was what was coming. Yeah. We were going to be sharp uh, because the passing was sharp. The pace of play was sharp. The, I told Jordan that the ideas are sometimes not there after yeah. that, but that was even sharp. Yeah. You felt it. Yeah. hundred percent. I think going into that game, everyone was really confident with the training that we had and we kind of just try to just keep doing what we were doing. Yeah. And when you say, I think that was the quintessential game because it was two good teams where both teams were like happy with, a little happy with the result, but also a little like 50-50. Yeah. Like where it's like, we should have won. Maybe we also could have lost, but it's just like, those are the types of games that maybe we need week in and week out yeah. here in MLS. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think that's what people want to see, right? Those, I don't know what you call them, those types of spars where it, exactly both teams, maybe you do tie, but both teams go home like, we could have won. Mm -hmm. And then you're also like, we could have lost. But there's still always things to work on. I think that's the biggest thing. For us is that we always look forward to the next game to then better what we did the day or the week before. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it showed. I mean, I was a part of some of these sessions uh, the the three weeks going in, and I think you compound that good training sessions, which you absolutely had, um, into the atmosphere, and it creates this playoff yeah. environment that you could feel it with the fans, which they bring it. You got to give them credit, uh, week in week out. Um, the lineups were good. I thought the energy was good. Um, and it felt like it was either a mistake or a set piece that was really going to kind of tip it. Yeah. Um, and credit to the guys on the pitch going down 1-0 at Seattle is one of the harder things because yeah. they, they're such an organized team. They yeah. lock it down. And I said this on that You're telecast. On the broadcast. I was like, usually, and this is what's happened when I was in Vancouver, if you go down against Seattle, you're losing 2-0, yeah. maybe 3, because now you're pushing the game, exposing yourself. Um, we didn't do that because we stayed compact. Yeah. Credit to the back line, the whole group, guys coming off the bench, mm -hmm. and you're able to grind out a point at Seattle, which you'll look at at the end of the year, I think, mm -hmm. and be like, that was a massive point. And confidence booster, because who knows, you might play there yeah. in the playoffs yeah. or, or they'll play here. but it'll, Hopefully they'll play here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's a really good point, the mentality of – because you don't want to lose. You've just gone down. It's one where I think you all probably feel, look, when you play out the back, sometimes these things happen. You want to pick up your teammate. But to Jordan's point, you know if you stretch the field at all, yeah. 
They're, be Jordan Morris is going to fly yes. by you. I mean, yeah. I was just watching him. His runs, he makes his runs from a good 20 yards away from the, the and, back line. which And makes they play so blind balls to him. They don't even look at him. They just hit it in the space, mm -hmm. and he's gone. Yeah. And then that's something we all talked about at halftime, too, with Ryan. He was like, I can't stop. Like, you can't. Because if it's a blind first hit, first time ball, it's tough as a defender because you're not really reading it. I mean, Ladero is right top class player back to back to or facing his own goal and hits a diagonal and so it's tough to you know tough to defend but i think ryan did a good job and we just talked about it in the locker room of adjusting to it and we just kind of did that and just try to minimize that how did you feel because i thought murray also did a good job of shifting when those yeah. balls did happen yeah um there was a couple of them in that first half when we were talking um but it's it's not just ryan it's it's the back line exactly. shifting and, I th and you could touch on this because you were in the game but i thought they did Good job of that. Yeah, I mean, Cheeky got mad at me a couple of times because he thought I was shifting too much to the right. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, yeah, we we our, our shifting was really good that game, and it had to be with the way they play. They like, like you said, they like to find Jordan Morris, and he's a threat. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it was really really good. And yeah, I mean, our communication I think has gotten better mm -hmm. over the past couple of weeks, and that's kind of the biggest part is just all of us talking to each other and making sure we're on the same page. And that shifting, Jordan pointed out in, in our broadcast when we were talking about, because we were doing a watch along with, with you guys, um, you shift, and yes, Murray has to help out, but then now you have Montero yeah. and the guy that Jordan pointed out, which Morris does this as well, Roldan comes inside and goes that inside-to-outside yes. movement. Yeah. So that's where you're like, you're doing two things at once. Yeah, yeah. You really are. I mean, everyone has to multitask at that point, and it's just kind of, Again, comes down to communication. Because if I know Cheeky's there, then maybe I can cheat a little bit more to the right. If I know Cheeky's wider, maybe I don't go as far or as close to Murray. And so that's all it is. It all comes down to communicating and you know us figuring it out. Because at times we are isolated as a back four, and that's how that's how we play. Yeah, it happens, and that's the best way that we put ourselves, or that's how we put ourselves in the best situations is when us four can do our job, and then we release our guys up the field. And it's unconscious. It's it's yeah. uh, instinctual, exactly. and that only comes with minutes. Yeah. And you've been getting them this year, and been doing a great job. And like, it's the consistency that you bring. I think that is the most impressive, and something that I value a lot because yeah. that's what I felt like I brought. But it's it's uh, knowing exactly what you're going to get from you day in day out on the training pitch, and then in the games, yeah. and that's invaluable to a staff, for sure. Yeah. I mean, your job is to make Steve's job hard, right? Yep. And that's all I can do. Right, right. That's exactly. that's why again. That's why I love. And for those that I mean, obviously a lot of you are not privy to this, but if you're ever at LFC training, just just watch Seb for a little bit. It's fun. It really is fun. I have a great time. I, I, I it's hard for me because I want to like get in on the joke and like, yeah. laugh with you, but I'm afraid someone will be like, "Hey, you're not over here. Don't, don't. You're not in on this." So can we get into fashion? I was about to say, well, how are we gonna? We need to help the out our boy over here. No, the train. Oh, <laughs> Guys, you guys <laughs> threw this at me like five minutes ago, and like you wonder why I'm not even asking questions. Uh, okay, like, hold on. <laughs> Jordan Harvey, I love you, but I'm gonna. Uh, what do you call me out? What, on what'd what? you What'd you wear today? You got jeans and a hoodie. Maybe. And your Cortezes. I think I got a collared shirt today. Oh, okay. back off, dude. Hey. Jeans, collared shirt. Hey, there's some nothing sandals. wrong with that. Whatever you're comfortable in that Come style, on, bro. I like on. it. I'm just saying. I think I can. <laughs> I, I I've picked up on you your style. You woke up this bit. morning and you knew exactly what was going on. I didn't. There's, there's an argument there. Well, I woke up this morning. All right, right? we need to squash right. this because <laughs> I just want to know what, what from Seb because I've never asked him this and I've always commented. I've yeah. been a huge, you know, to each his own. I'm like, I love the style. Where does it come from? Um, growing up, I guess, well, from a different type of style. It's like my dad obviously wore, used to be in oil, all this and that. Mm -hmm. So he always wore like suits. 
So I first fell in love with like that type of like casual or, not, or like business suits and like yeah. the three pieces and all that. And then obviously I was like, well, I, I don't work in an office, so I'm not gonna buy three piece suits. Right. I just rock them all the time. So then yeah, and so then as I got older, went into college. Obviously not in college, I'm still using my parents' money, so I couldn't really buy what I wanted to buy. But after that, I just kind of just started, you know, just experimenting with stuff, and it was cool that I got to live in like Scandinavia, so I got to see like what their fashion is like, and then. Me, of course, being born in Nigeria, but then also like growing up in Scotland, living in like Texas and all that it was just like a, all different types of styles. So it just kind of came from just my experiences. And then now it's just kind of whatever I feel like that day and just expressing myself. But yeah. then New York and now L.A., I'm York, sure that now, helps. Yes, of course. Yeah, New York is like obviously a big, obviously focal point of fashion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And what have you picked up having been in L.A. now? that you didn't in the past? Because I know there's a few guys on the team, and yeah. I'll throw it out there later, that didn't do stuff, and now they're, like, rocking high socks <laughs> and vans. I can't, I can't wait. Like, I can't wait for this. I, I grew up, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for this. Dude, just totally uh, copping the style. Yeah. I think it's more the vibe of L.A. Yeah. that dictates the fashion. It's more laid back, you yeah. know? So, like, so I never used to wear, like, tank tops and then just the open, flowy collared shirts and stuff like that with, like, whatever you call it, chino or like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. pleated pants and stuff like that, cut short within just bent, like that mm -hmm. type of mix of stuff. Like, I think I love that mix and I think it vibes well with how I am as a person because I'm pretty laid back off the field. Right. And so uh, like, that was the biggest thing. It's just the vibe that LA kind of gives off. Nice. Yeah. All right, Adam. That's oh, what we're yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, I'm going to keep I'm this gonna, concise because yeah. I don't want to forget oh. about what he said. <laughs> I thought you were going to, yeah, whatever. No, Carlos, I, I, came in, <laughs> I came in, no joke, 18, and I was like, Vans, high socks. And he used to make fun. He okay. was like, dude, like, what, what is that? He's like, oh, so California, you know? And I'm like, like yeah, I'm from here. I'm, this and this is, the, this is my style. <laughs> and I've carried this through Philly, Vancouver, yeah. Colorado, whatever, on the way back. And then, no joke, like a year later, he pulls in, and I'm like, yeah. Whoa, wait a second here. <laughs> yeah, Vans, high socks. He's wearing the like hats, yep. you know. I'm like, all right, dude, just so we know. Let's be clear then. 18, you said this, now you're here. All right, but so I, I like it. Evolution. I like it. Is this evolution. Yeah, evolution. Well, yeah. yeah, it takes a year before you actually see what's yeah. right. Now he does. Yeah. Right? I, I think I does. can say this because I don't work with him every day like you guys do, and he doesn't talk to me anyways. Uh, I, was in the, I was in the cafeteria last week when I brought my Juventus jersey for fun. He was like, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you. I go, you don't talk to me anyways. He goes, well, now I definitely don't want to. I go, well, now I feel better, actually, because before, was, you didn't, didn't have a reason. Yeah, you didn't talk to me, and yeah. I was like, that guy just hates me. What's going on with that? I'm like, now I know, and it's because I like Juventus. That's fine. Well, I said something, too, because it's like you sign Giorgio Chiellini, and then all of a sudden somebody goes on eBay and buys a Juventus jersey and rocks no, it the next day. No. Like, what right. are we talking about this here? Is this is fair. I it had the him. tags on it. But Seb, it since, 20, since 2018, like, I've been wearing Juventus jerseys and been a Juventus fan, and he knows that he's seen me here with Juventus jerseys on. I, I so, but I'll give it to him because I did. Cannot out confirm. <laughs> Nor did not. But, yeah. but I'm, but I'm gonna, you I'm gonna. I am a huge fan. Juventus fan. I am. Uh, I'm gonna drop this, this bombshell though again because I don't work with him. I thought Carlos's wife dresses him. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I thought she was the style. I thought she was the style. Very man. well, so could maybe, maybe she's the one who's picked up on it. Don't all our better halves have some sort of influence on our fashion? I think so. They should. It's true. If they don't, I mean, what are you doing it for? Yeah, mine's mine's just very good at going. <laughs> That's all you need sometimes. Is that what you're wearing? It's just a little, a little nudge. And then you're like, okay, you're right. Maybe I got to tweak something here and there, and then. And it goes good. both ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it goes both ways. Believe me. I'm like maybe, like I'm, I'm a huge jumper guy. I'm like, mom, like babe, wear, wear a jumper, dude. Wear, oh. I, like I thought you were gonna say you. I was like, yeah, I can see you in a romper. Come on, bro. 
Just follow me, man. You're fit? Follow me, dude. Follow me. I do have one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I would have got a lot of rainbow flags. I wore to pride. Oh, like that's pink cool. Pink pinstripe is awesome, dude. It's awesome. Uh, here's something that gets asked to me, and I'm probably, I'm sure that gets asked to you. It's people, people that want to get into style, right? Mm -hmm. Because they see it and they're like, I kind of, but they're afraid. Yeah. Like, I have to try this. Uh, like what? Like what's an easy way to kind of get in? Maybe help people that are like, I know you're a little afraid because you know, as guys, we get we get banter. Yeah. Um, but what's a, a good way they can slide and maybe give them some tips or something they could start to put into their wardrobe that might up their game? I would say start with shoes, because that's the shoe game is obviously as everyone knows it's crazy, mm -hmm. and that's the easiest way I think to add some sort of style to whatever you're wearing. But apart from that, it's just kind of just do it like piece by piece. Like when I go shopping, I don't buy like whole outfits. I buy like one thing. Got it. Like I'll just buy like, oh, I like these pants. So I'll mm -hmm. buy those. And then like I'll get back to my closet. I was like, oh, this goes really good with that, 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 that. And then that's kind of how like things get like made mm -hmm. in my head. And so like that's kind of my thing is just keep it simple. Buy one thing you like and then just build on that. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, you'll f figure out that, oh, yeah, that what I bought there goes with actually this thing that I didn't even think about. And then. You just piece something all together like that. Yeah. Sage advice. See, you're never going to be as good of a defender as Sebastian Ibiaga, but you could try to dress a little bit like him, and I think that, yeah. that's helpful. Yeah. One last style question. Is there something that you look at, because I have these two, and I'm like, I want to do that, but I'm scared. Like, what's something that you're like, I don't, I don't mess with that yet. Maybe one oh, day. Man. You got something in your mind? I don't mind? know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think, too. Because there are some things that, like, I guess for me it's, like, very, very colorful things. Mm. Like, okay. a lot of my wardrobe is, like, darker muted colors mm -hmm. just because i don't know i feel like it goes with everything but it's more like very very bright colors mine is know. mine's chunky shoes like chunky shoes have kind of come in well, i got like big bigger. feet so like i mean those I are stay bad. away from like those are a little low chunky. pro they won't be able to see anything yeah. but those are a little pro but you've seen the ones that yeah, kind of like got like huge, yeah. almost like the doc martin even bigger like more exaggerated has kind of come yes. in i just can't do that like you wouldn't wear like i got like chelsea McQueen's? boots but they need to be like sweet like just you, low you pro, wear, like the mcqueens the big sole I think they're cool. I just for me they don't work. I, I feel, because like you said, you got big feet. I my torso is like the same size as my legs, <laughs> and then when I put shoes on, it looks like uh, little guy in big shoes. Sounds like a you problem, dude. Hey man, <laughs> this is what the podcast is about. I'm just being wide open. To... This has been one of my. This is actually. No, one of my I mean McQueen's look good. McQueen's look good though. They I don't do. think you'd have that problem. No, that's. But that was my question. Something that you guys see, you were like, actually, I like it when I see it on other people, and I kind of want to do it, but I'm scared. I, I can't think of I can't think of anything like that. I can think of things I regret doing. Yeah. Like wearing and stuff. Like I look at pictures. <laughs> Bleach uh, tips. No, that was I was very very <laughs> fashion forward. I was, and that happened. That started in California. It to, did, of to course. All the yeah. points, and now it's being carried out. I tell people, do not do that now. It's yeah, please don't. Um, no, I used to wear like a cardigan. I had like a few cardigans that I thought were dope yeah. and i look back at it i was like there's nothing wrong with cardigan no but like maybe it's the way i wore it like oversized like yeah like oversized yeah. cardigan or are you talking about like that i just tight. don't think it looked good i'll show you a picture afterwards <laughs> it was like what am i like what was i doing just total regret but hey so it is what it about is. your mcqueens yeah you were your mcqueens with some uh crop pants there you go that right. solves your whole weird leg body problem wow serious next I, time we I need to see you eyes are gonna stop to see you in that no because everyone's eyes are gonna stop where your pants stop and then just see the shoes. Look, there's a lot of people that come through this building, and I, I would like to think that I'm one of the ones that shows a little bit of style that comes through here. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I got style. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Hey, have a style. Have something that's yours. It doesn't need to be good. It's I, yours. I can appreciate Brian, that. Like I said, to Brian has a weird style. 
to each his own. He does. He does. He's also got like these eyebrows like waxed. I I can't get behind that. He's very uh I don't know how to say it. I can't get I don't know how it works. I think put together is a good word for That's probably a good one. Like pretty. It's pretty. Whereas you say Bonita. For those watching us, we are on the other side of the camera is the cafeteria and Brian is looking at us and he's we're trying to get him to come. He won't he won't he won't do it. But I, I think where you, you know, where we said like California style is kind of more casual. Yeah. Brian thinks through every piece of his work. Oh, for sure. I mean, he Very showed sad. up to a game in a purple Balenciaga hoodie and all I had on it was Balenciaga. And I was like, huh. Yeah. You really like actually went out and said, I want a plain hoodie that just said Balenciaga on the back. This is where I come, That's... like, this has been my motto since uh, this is a, a nice shout, Russell Tybert. Uh, okay. Vancouver, okay. Yeah. he had some out there, like, forward-thinking style. Some hairstyles he's and, had. And listen, it wasn't for me, but to each his own. And that's what 100%. I live by, is to each his own. Like, 100%. Like, you rocking this hat. Like, hey, maybe that's not for so me. So that means you don't like the hat? No, it's, hey. <laughs> you can this is, <laughs> I'll tell you what. You can just tell you. This is another one of those, like, where I was like, I don't think I can but do it's this. okay, dude. You pull it off. My, my significant other, this, this, is a, this is from a brand called Lower Park, and I'm not getting paid by them, but these are, um, these are fa- no, these are found patterns. So not created. He goes across, goes around the world, finds patterns that are already created that are, like, dead stock. A piece and then makes the hats. And my significant other has a bunch, and I was like, I want to try that. But I was very hesitant for a while. And now I love this. I like the colors. I, I like yeah. it too. Yeah, I like it too. I'm not a fan of five panel hats. Yeah, they don't see, fit that, my head well. That so that's why I don't like them. It was tough for yes. me, but I'm like, eh. Yeah. I, if I like the style, I'm just. You don't like? Wow. Now we're getting that, now. We're just critiquing everyone that comes <laughs> you outside. Can, you can edit this this whole <laughs> no man. This, part out, this podcast please. is going in from start to finish the way it was, and it has been awesome. Thank you, Sebastian Ubiaga, for joining guys. us and humoring us and allowing us to talk about whatever we yeah. wanted to. Appreciate you guys. He's the man again. Awesome to watch a training, but great style advice. Thank you for the style advice. Yeah, anytime. And uh, always like open said, for style. A dude that in high leverage moments has been very big for the club. So thank you. Thank you for coming out. This is the Inside LOC Max and Vince podcast again this week, the Jordan and Vince podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe send us some, uh, some style ideas, something that Jordan Harvey could wear, I could wear, or maybe just show Steb like that. That, that you've taken his advice. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. It's always great to hang out here at the LAC training facility. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate you. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes! They knocked on the door!